Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the After Party, where we get to talk all about the Bullseye Games and Smoky Island. We wow. Amanda, I think it's important to say where we are right now. Yes, me too. Uh, we are in Eric's mom's guest room, sitting side by side. <laughs> what else was I supposed to say? No, it's just, I'm just, it was a fun way to say it. It's just something about saying it. It's funny that you said the guest room because my mom's like, this is the shrine for you and your brother. So you can just stay here outside of this door. First of all, I'm looking at a 2008 Join the Party Live poster right now, wow. which is signed only by Amanda for some reason. Oh, I never noticed that. 2018. Sorry. 18, 18, 18. I was like, yeah, uh, I, went, I uh, Join the Party is actually a derivative work. Oh. That's why I get all the IP royalties. It's weird that it got signed just by Amanda in 2008. Yeah, I yep. came up with join the party into in in eleventh grade, mm-hmm, and I've been mm-hmm. living off the residuals ever since two thousand eighteen. Uh, so that's there the entire time. So I get to look at uh, all of our campaign one stuff, and then next behind that outside is a armoire that has only photos of my brother and I on it. Could I say there's twenty? Yes, I could. Wow. It's wow. truly a, a rich depository of Amanda visiting for the first time and seeing pictures of we, Eric. Mm, it's an experience. Um, is the photo hanging up behind y'all, the one that's clearly a stock photo, but that's 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 a photo of you and your brother, right? Oh, yeah. It's me and two other guys wearing 1950s style suits. <laughs> cool. Yeah. On the beach or something. I like that yeah, vibe. Just, <laughs> in the desert? Is it like Jewish gangsters building uh, Las Vegas? It feels like it. Tight, Mm -hmm, tight. mm -hmm. Again, a shrine to Eric. (laughs) Things that Eric loves. Well, guys, we have so much to talk about because in this after party, we're talking about not just our beginning of the arc where we get the note and Brandon visits Fun Mandy Potash and uh, we meet Lucky Edie and we discover this shipwreck, but everything that goes through it, Nani's miraculous death and rebirth and Mm. the first round of the Bullseye game. So a lot to get to. So much. I'm so excited. Well, time to take a break. Go get a refill. My favorite part is, you know, there are there. Hey, uh, Brandon, just sing the girl, the girl from Ima to yourself for a little bit. Okay. Uh, my favorite part about Brandon playing characters on Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop RPGs and join the party is that fifty percent of the time his characters do exactly what Brandon would do, mm-hmm. and 50% of the time, they do the opposite of what Brandon would do, uh, which is usually when he opens up his mind to just access the plane of chaos and see what falls out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, let's play a game here. Would Umby do the same thing as Brandon, which is look at a bunch of people with swords and say, what the fuck's your deal, my guy? <laughs> you guys actors? It's, you, you seem fake. What is that? That strikes me as eminently umby. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Brandon would also do. Brandon would also do the same thing. I am not going to take this lying down in this after party because that is fully reasonable <laughs> to say. Not. Absolutely not. And I did not say it in that manner. Umby asked politely what the deal was. Look, Eric, here's the thing. Again, I will say again. Are you even a real podcaster? You look weird. Yeah, that's a good example, Eric. If we sold people we were podcasters, and then instead of you holding a microphone in your hand right now, you're holding a banana, people would say, are you sure? (laughs) Now, what in in this metaphor, which is so perfect and explained exactly what you were talking about, (laughs) what was Fun Manny Potash holding that was confusing you? 
they were dressed uh very like fancifully and um like very fancy piratey you know like like high pirates i'll say <laughs> right because famously mm-hmm. pirates would not dress nicely if yeah they they're in gi- they're in gym shorts hey, julia have we met any pirates in our world so far that have dressed as as nicely as they have no but she's also from the golden age of pirates and we have like the leftovers from the golden age mm-hmm. julia could you also check the transcript and see if i said that explicitly yes i think you did okay i just yes, did it good, yesterday good thank you for checking the transcript mm-hmm, i appreciate mm-hmm. that malignant sloth brings up a very good point which is uh. um would umby not have seen some fresh pirates back when he first went to the great salt sea that's exactly what i was going to say next which was Nobody except for Eric can tell me I'm wrong <laughs> because Damn. I was the only one that was there. Well, luckily Eric <laughs> I, I has told you you're wrong. So listen, man, it was still very funny, and I enjoyed it a lot. Just like you know, your character, you and your character are the same. Everyone who plays a PC are the same in some ways. It reveals parts of it. And listen, that's just some of Brandon's fun flair. Is he'll make an assumption that it will be really funny. Like, for example, Umby being cold for an extended period of time. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, let's get to that. So we did not know what each other's messages were. You, the listeners, got some special. Um, I was just going to say messages from the grave. That's not true. You what? got some special uh, we production pickup uh, where you got to know what the messages are. And so I'm like, oh, Umby must be making an excuse as a grandpa who's always cold and wants to go back to the ship. Brandon, <laughs> would you care to take us through your experience? of the lucky ed oh yeah my experience was that i got the note from eric and uh there was a this isn't a technical term but sort of disambiguation on the comma usage or the grammar yeah it's this is on me no 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 no, no. (laughs) it was not on eric it was like a quirk of the english language uh hey anglo-saxons get your fucking shit together get fucked it was about like I forget if it's a pronoun or what, but like you know, a um, so like a word that was referring back to a word previously in sentence, and it didn't. It, it it's ambiguous who what it was referring to. So okay, here is the here is the message. Edie is a young whippersnapper. I don't know. Who cares? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of a new bomb, comma. Maybe it's really cold with three question marks. Yeah, so the it's there could refer to a new bomb. It could refer to, like, the environment, which is how I read it. <laughs> it's technically true. You don't say maybe, like you, like, you always say maybe it's really hot outside. You don't say maybe the outside is very hot. You know what I mean? Brandon, I like it regardless of how you read it because it does come off as, like, I'm thinking of a bomb. Maybe it's a cold bomb. I'm cold now. And that's it. <laughs> it's great. Brandon, it was great. What if I made other people really cold? Oh, no, I'm cold. Where's my sweater? And listen, <laughs> this this shit is funny. And as a, another of the cast whose misunderstandings frequently cause humor in this show, I think it's brave, Brandon, to, uh, to allow your misunderstanding to stand because it made uh, incredible podcasting. Yeah. I'm looking at the multitude survey, and the thing that makes us stand out from other podcasts is that two out of three of our PCs misunderstand more than every other uh, podcast. <laughs> so that makes us stand out. It's but good. we have a Julia, so it all <laughs> we have out. a Julia, yeah. And that's why we—that's why they're called personal computers, Eric. So it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> true. true. It's good. True. It's good stuff. No, but Eric, I really like that as an idea of explaining to characters what their past experience with a NPC that is established is. Because, like, a lot of times, you know, you just get the characters to interact with the new NPC and you're like, all right, well, like, you just figure out what the vibe is. But I really liked the idea of rolling for charisma to see how aware of the situation like social awareness as a role is wild to me and i really loved it yeah i mean i think that dungeons and dragons can do a lot of things one of which it's super flexible the six abilities cover almost everything you can think of in role playing i know that we could you know, talk about what the hell is the difference between wisdom and intelligence actually uh because it's not perfect but it sure is wide range you're telling me that dungeons and dragons and wizards of the coast the brainchild of what wizards of the coast called dungeon dragons isn't perfect no it's not huh. it's certainly not I don't huh. think so, weird. i've never said that before uh but you can make it happen for whatever it is you don't have to follow the abilities you can make a role to be whatever because you know it's more about also just like moving stuff forward right it's like you just need to know how much you plus and minus your role and I was like, hey, let's see who's the most aware in this particular situation. And then I wanted to do something that I've seen on Dimension 20 uh, in the Mice and Murder campaign. They did a lot of like secret information because it was like a murder mystery. Mm -hmm. But they were texting each other and then they would put the text message on screen, which I mean is a trick that so many TV shows and movies have done about texting. Um, but I, I hadn't seen it before in podcasting. Mm -hmm. So uh, Brandon and I worked that out, and it was really fun. I'm really happy with how it came together. Now, nobody has noticed yet, but if you look at your podcatcher, your phone, while you're listening at that moment, it will pop up and say the text message. So, <laughs> uh, And then it will say, go to 20sidedstore.com and use code PIRATE. <laughs> for twenty percent off your order. Yeah, we put a we put a mid roll in the, in the text message. Man, I wish that's how the technology worked. Yeah, and then it will say, "Give Brandon twenty dollars," and yeah. that's great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've made no money. I, I'm really stoked with how it came out. We actually took that from, or my example was for a game that they were playing on Hey Riddle Riddle that they did something like that to like talk about secret information and tell it to the audience um but i hadn't seen it like in conversation like this before so i'm pretty stoked about it yeah it was, it was very cool it's always super fun to have a little secret in the game mm. my favorite my whole my favorite part of the whole thing was uh when eric did the pickups for um talking to the audience about what was happening and you were like doing a couple different takes of like you know how to, how to say it <laughs> And if you if you listen to the bloopers, which I'm not sure if they're out yet, but they will be soon if they're not already. They are. Uh, oh, they are. There's one at the very end, I think, where Eric is like, not a clickbait. Brandon's <laughs> text message reads. Uh, it's really funny. Yeah. Very, very good. Good shit. Doing the extra stuff is the fun part. I mean, like. Actual play is an art form. It's a creative form. Let's try to experiment it and do something that folks haven't seen it before. I've never heard that in podcasting or taking something from video and trying to make it seamless in audio. So I'm really stoked of how that happened. Yeah. No one's doing it like us, folks. Tell your friends. Tell, Tell your, your friends. friends. Tell your friends. All right. A few more questions here about episode 13, the first of the Bullseye Games. Uh, from Sebalicious, Sil's voice effect creeps me out. Is this due to the effect of their magic creation, or is it some kind of indication that they are evil? If so, when will they turn on the crew? Spoiler. We don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Only Eric knows. 
<laughs> Eric said, this is Sill's voice effect. And we all said, oh boy. <laughs> I thought it would just be the voice effect to have them stand out. And also putting a little bit of like demon shake on it. I think I said like 15% demon. Yeah, it was supposed to be very it. small. Yeah. Yeah. Just to like, I mean, you, you uh, drank a magical liquid and then Sill's there. I think this is a real early who can say in here. But I more just wanted the two of them to sound, sound different because I think they're both going to have similar... Eric voice and cadence. So I want to make sure they stood out. Cool. It's good stuff. I couldn't kelp myself says I was explaining to a couple of friends about Troy, the ultimate himbo. And I realized I basically described Joey from friends. Amanda, <laughs> how much inspiration was drawn from Joey when he read the V section of the encyclopedia? As you can tell <laughs> from my tone of voice, perhaps I have no fucking idea who or what this is. I was going to say, I don't think Amanda's ever seen a single episode of friends. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's very funny. <laughs> Amanda was babysitting. <laughs> Amanda, Joey's the one that does the, how you doing? And that's all you need to know about Joey. That's who he is, yeah. I may have seen that as a gif. Yes. Joey's the only person in Friends who's actually a good person, so <laughs> you're good. Hmm. Interesting. Man, he's cheated on so many women. That's saying something for all Joey? of the- uh, Joey? Joey yeah. doesn't cheat. Uh, Joey doesn't cheat? No. Joey is the most respectful towards women out of all the men on the show, and he is the most uh, faithful- <laughs> I mean, that's not saying something with those two, but that's you're 100% true, yeah. correct. Yeah. Huh. He's the only one that sees women as people. <laughs> that's true. Including the other women. Yeah, good point, good point. Mm. Yeah. So the answer is no inspiration, but uh, I fully support your headcanon. Yeah. It's not headcanon. I've watched Friends more than all of you combined. <laughs> That's, That's true. fair. Brandon, I was about to say, I don't know enough friend lore to really like counteract you on this i was watching seinfeld during those years yeah i i didn't watch any seinfeld so that was that's the trade-off so that's fair that's fair but what i'm saying is that uh troy is is the best himbo because troy is uh thoughtful and good so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it works they yeah. are. I guess I was confusing Joey having small emotional problems, being like, I want to date these two hot women. What do I do? <laughs> Only and then thinking about their feelings. And then Chandler's like, could I be any emotionally oppressed? <laughs> that was a Friends reference. Thank you. I, I know your George references uh, by now, but not the Friends ones. <laughs> right. Amanda was there when I What's watched the all deal? of Seinfeld. So the encyclopedia bit, though, is there's a... a traveling door-to-door -door salesman where they were selling up encyclopedias, which is a thing that used to happen before yes. uh, any of us were born. Yeah, and I wanted them so bad. <laughs> he only had enough cash to buy one book, and he was shown the example of the V-book, so he bought the V-book, and he wanted to sound smarter around his friends, so he started talking Great. about V-things. Mm -hmm. Nice. And they kept changing the subject to things that didn't start with V, uh, and it was comedically he funny. He drew it back. <laughs> That's uh, Troy's Book of Barrels, but these. Exactly right. Yeah. Dang. Exactly right. Well, there you go. There Endorsed. You go. I like it. Good job, Kelp. Here is a question from Absaw13. As one of the rootin' tootin'est lawyers who listen to JTP, Julia's, is it a secret or is it hearsay? Those are two different things. To Arello in episode 13. Crack me the F up. It wasn't a question, but I wanted to include it because- Thank you. They made multiple references from episode 13 in this particular statement. Excellent. I, I love that. My, my favorite thing also, I include these every once in a while, because it's like, here's the thing. We forget what we say immediately. Yes. You think that it's because it takes a while from the episode to come out from when we record it? No, we forget about it an hour after we do it. Mm -hmm. It's like, That's, good. And then we true. empty the recycle bins in our brain. <laughs> That's called heard but not say that's called not heard say that's something in there 
You know, good. you know, we're percolating. We're, we're figuring it out. This, we're good. working on it. Uh, <laughs> another not question, but comment from Julie TTE. This isn't a question, but Bullseye Games 1 had me LOL multiple times. Love Yay. JTP. Heart. Thank oh. you. Uh, we're pro- we, were, we were pretty funny in this episode. We were pretty I, funny here. Solidly funny on this one. Truly. All right, folks. We, of course, set off at the end of episode 13 toward the Bullseye Games and ran into a shipwreck, which reveal has Troy's BFF three lips on it. Uh, so let's get into episode 14. Can I just say, I was like sitting on my hands that entire episode. I'm I like, tell. oh, yeah, let's spend more time with talking about Lucky Edie. <laughs> Great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, what a, what a jerk. Oh Whose fault is that for in, including a, in, a very cool mechanic An that we wanted to explore? Carrot NPC. Yeah, damn you for including that mechanic, you fuck. Yeah, it's my fault. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Uh, Dominique wants to know something I also want to know, which is why did you give us such a heart attack with Nani disappearing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ju- hey, Julia, uh, do you have anything to say to me? Uh, I hate you. Fuck mm-hmm. you. Fair. But also, I had a feeling that something like that was going to happen when you were stressing, like, yeah, you have to go like pretty deep if you want to get some some cool stuff. And I was like, well, I have a familiar who can see in the dark and also breathe underwater. And I'm just staring at you being like, don't fucking, don't you fucking do anything. Don't fucking <laughs> it do it. real emotional stakes. I mean, how many times have you put Nani into a possibly dangerous situation? Then you're like, nah, it's fine. Only once before this, I feel like at this point. In the book depository? Yes. I'm thinking about that. I thought there were some other ones before. <laughs> For the most part, she sticks with me, baby. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you were, I mean, I thought it was interesting because it's like you forget you can resurrect your partner like that. Yes. And I was Fine like, familiar is good that way. And I'm like, yeah, Julia, sorry. Uh, get effed. Yeah. <laughs> get absolutely effed. No but one yeah. was more upset than Troy, who really risked life and limb to to bring Nani back. I get it. We don't know. Like, yeah, you can resurrect your familiar, but we don't know, like, is because Nani can't Nani? talk. Is the experience yeah. traumatic? Is it painful? Right. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. And you forget all of that when it actually happens. Like a big claw grabs your little octopus and then. You feel it. Dot, and then dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Uh, I just want to shout out to Brandon for keeping in a line that I really liked from that episode, which is, hold on, I need a second to role play correctly. (laughs) (laughs) You were going through it. Yeah, sometimes that's like a real real feeling. There's one other scene like that that's coming up in a future episode where I was like, I need a fucking minute to role play correctly (laughs) because I'm so overwhelmed by the thing that just happened. Eric's delighted. Mm-hmm. Oops. oops. <laughs> Don't lie. Uh, Don't lie. Oops. No oops here. Uh, Malignant Sloth wants to know something that I was also curious about. Was there a chance for the crew not to notice the shipwreck, or would one of them notice eventually? Would that have meant Three Lips wouldn't have made it to the games at all if we never picked him up? Yeah, like if we had just booked it straight to the island and not like stopped to check the wreck, would that have doomed Three Lips? Hmm. I'm sure he would have made it somehow. Like, just narratively, he needed to be to the games, you know? I mean, he didn't need to be in the games. How would he have gotten to the island? He was half a day's sail. Maybe he, like, jumped on a dolphin, you know? Oh, <laughs> hold on. Vertistello that, please. Maybe he just, like, jumped on a bell sprout. <laughs> yeah, he jumped that's on the Pokemon bell sprout. Yeah, yeah good, good, good. Bell sprout. I can't say what would happen next. I feel like I would have figured that out. However, yes, you 100% could have missed three lips. That's why I made you all uh, roll for it. And just to see. And you could have also not stopped at the shipwreck. Yeah. 
as well. There were a lot of opportunities to to skip that. But I mean, that's like saying having a dog not want to eat cheese. You know, like that's yeah, the dog <laughs> could have just not eaten the cheese. That what people say. That's true. The dog will eat the cheese regardless of whether or not it's good for the dog. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Good point. It's called the cheese tax. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon also has a cheese tax. You don't see it, but I, I have to send him cheese. True. That is also 100%. Every time Eric eats cheese, he mails a little bit to Brandon's house. <laughs> I, don't, I don't pay my taxes, cheese tax or not. So I, wow. have, an, I have an accountant who consolidates all my cheese tax. And you I mean just an send actuary, it all Eric. Please. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. So stupid. Um, but yeah, I can't say what would happen. I think that three lips would have made it. But he would have had a bad time. Someone else would have picked him up. I know we don't know anything about NPCs getting involved with other NPCs <laughs> to detriment. I'm I'm not looking at anyone in particular. I'm looking at the ceiling. Uh, so we would have seen. We would just would have seen uh, what would happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's really interesting. If we didn't stop at the shipwreck and got to Small Key Island early, I know you were talking about kind of like you can do stuff if you get there early, or you cannot if you don't get there early. What were some of the things we could have done if we had gotten there sooner than we did? Oh, maybe you could have just like messed around in town, maybe met more of the competitor NPCs before. It was, I mean, it was more like, hey, do whatever you want, and then I'll figure out what you want to do. I could have done my Hoover Dam trip earlier. <laughs> right, you could have went to the Hoover Dam for sure. I, you know, it's hard for me to say, like, this is what would have happened if you'd done this, because the situation is totally different. I would have done yeah, what, that's not how you would have, what you would have done. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can only, who can say myself in this particular mm-hmm. situation? I can guarantee we would have gotten some good street food, though. Yeah, you could have gotten street food. Mm -hmm. Eric, I think this is a great time to ask because at the end of episode 14 is when we get introduced to all of the competitors and... Where where did these come from? Where where in your brain did you pull these genius genius creatures? And Thank I want to know everything about them. Thank and you. their weapons, please. Yes. I, you know, I knew that there was going to be seven competitors. We had two of them already, right? Troy and Three Lips. Big fans of Troy. Meh on Three Lips. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to ask as we do this. I, I want to ask all of you how you felt about them mm-hmm. right when you came upon them, or and when we like introduced them in the in the wipe at the end of fourteen, and then the time that you spent with them in episode fifteen. Yeah. Um, Listen, we have been we have brought up the separatist movement in the cracks where they speak French too many times for me not to include someone like this. I think the whole thing was also like, why are they there? Because there are some people who are there because they got invited and because they're actual sharpshooters. And there are other people who are there for like political reasons or not political reasons, like with three lips being there because each of the countries get an invitation to the bullseye games and via the olive piad. So it was still an all time pun. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So it was just like kind of figuring out why they're there. What are they trying to do? And then what's their whole vibe with Frambois Boussier? I was coming up with French names and I had to include this and I thought it would just be a fun, like a fun thing for Troy. And then, of course, flushing that whole thing out about La Multitude de Mans, (laughs) which is actually a name for a forest in France. It's like a a phrase for, for a forest. Uh, that folks use and I thought I wanted to include that as the like everyone in the crags lives in a bad place for good reason and then like the big forest with the megafauna in it and the megaflora I thought was the reason why the separatists live why they lived in the forest um, and I thought a blunderbuss would be fun for a dung beetle to carry yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Troy was fascinated by a fellow Crags person. So that's the that's the person that I think he was most excited to talk to. As we all know, didn't go great. <laughs> <laughs> did you roll on your table or did you come up with these on the fly or did you come up with them beforehand? Three that's, yeah, I definitely came up with them beforehand. Uh, some people had said I hadn't used enough bugs, so I was really making sure I used bugs in this and mm. balancing everything out. But now that I had everyone in front of me, I could be like, okay, Troy's a bug, three lips is a flower, let's make sure to flat, make at least some sort of balance. Especially like when I, there were other people I super wanted to do, like the cactus mm-hmm. uh, for Kid Cervantes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's get to that stiff-elbowed man. I love him. I just love him. That's my most one PC out of all of them. There's yeah. like a real. There's an incredible sword fighter who just moves around on like a raft with a single sail on it and he's and he's incredible so that was uh kid cervantes came from that and of course brandon i wanted to uh make the star wars the assest name possible for kid cervantes and i'm just like this yeah let's just do that yeah and of course i had the water gun the whole time because i was really i was really interested i was really interested in cushion as soon as you described him i was like oh that's that's my favorite of all time that's he's pretty it's it's a kid fisto reference which is the best name ever created who was that Kid Fisto is... Oh, Kit Fisto. Oh, thank you. Kit, I always thought it was Kid because I only hear Chris Gethard say it really fast. Oh, no, I didn't know it until I just Googled it. (laughs) Kit Fisto is like a mid-level NPC in the Star Wars universe. Got it. Uh, And he has the best name of all time, so that was also a reference to that. He's like a Jedi Master during the Clone Wars. Love it. He's, Same. He's got cool tentacle hair. He's he's so cool. What a good name. What a good dude. Bitches love tentacles, Julia. You know that. Bitches love tentacles. I'm going to send yep. Amanda a photo so she can see how cool Kit Fisto is. Thank you. Yeah. What did you think? Of, what did you think of Kit Cervantes showing up on his fan boat and not saying anything? So cool. I love a silent character, especially in a mm-hmm. podcast. Like the vibe is there. You know what I mean? Mm. And, like, I just, I liked his whole, like, I don't know where he's from that has this kind of, like, American Southwest vibe. And now I want to know. I'm like, is this part of Hot House? Is this, like, yeah. a like Incredibly very deserty part of Overstock? Like, what is he's it? He's rolling in on a boat with no name, you know? Mm-hmm. Truly. I thought it was important to have some people who are straight up pirates as well. I was trying to balance, like, countries versus pirates so like kid cervantes was pirate well-known pirate sharpshooter and then radbert as just <laughs> just that's uh, radbert <laughs> absolute radbert just like dandelions filled up uh armor i just thought that was fun and i wanted him to be like a jobber a guy who's just like out there being a pirate who cares where he's, he's on pirate fiber yeah you love a jobber exactly piver um and well, that's I a think different app is... amanda that's where you get oh, pie. oh, oh. Sorry, sorry sorry yeah um Task this... Ribbit. <laughs> Good. Ah, uh, you know, frogs, famously bugs. <laughs> famously one of those guys in our world. I think that the reveal of Radbert's voice has got to be my favorite in any episode of Join the Party. Wow. Of Whoa, really? Yes. Yeah. This voice just charms the hell out of me. And Radbert, us not knowing that Radbert was there, and Radbert just be like, hi, guys, was <laughs> incredible. Did I say this in the episode, but it has real brainy from Hey Arnold energy? Oh, yes. no. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah, I agree completely, Amanda. I like... You know, he has skeevy vibes, but, like, his introduction and his voice and the way he's, like, played just makes me want to be his best friend forever in real life and in the game. (laughs) I just want to protect him. It's so good. I love him. 
sometimes there is something about this like hey no spoilers but radbert's not good at this <laughs> like he's not that great like why is he why is he in the games why is he just like hanging out he's just doing his best yeah he was immediately like okay you can take the prize that's fine <laughs> <laughs> how did he get an invite i mean he gave us great information already you know about yeah. the fact that it's going to someone's going to try to steal the thing probably oh, yeah. at yes. the end of it yeah. that was yeah. helpful and we don't know Eric that he's not good at it. We've only seen one event, you know. That's true. In my head, in my head, he's not as good as everyone else, right? <laughs> like in my head, he's just like, "Hey, I'm gonna do my best." I'm gonna have <laughs> He gives distinct mediocre vibes and TBD. We don't know. I mean, three lips is in the game, so <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. In my head, Radbert is just like at a work conference, you know. <laughs> and he has like three special polos that he packs. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Hey, Julia, how did you feel about Continuous Thankful? Um, In the same vein as me, and we didn't talk about this yet, me choosing and then shooting myself in the foot by choosing Havana Tropicana to be a religious doctor. Oh, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Oh uh, that's how I felt about Continuous Thankful. And You were like, uh-oh. Yeah. You know, like, in choosing Open Fields for Cammy's background. I knew that I was going to have like some character trauma around religious figures, but I didn't think it was going to be this like devastating to me as a person while playing oh, no. it. And that's on me. Like these are all my own choices and this is what continues to happen in all of the campaigns <laughs> that I play. So that's on me, you know? Julia's like, "Oops, I dropped my house key. I hope so no one robs me." <laughs> yeah, basically that's the vibe. I'm like victim blaming myself here. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, Julia, let's let's call the sack here real quick because Malignant Sloth wants to know, do you yet regret picking the religious path for Havana? 100%. Uh, I, I think I can answer this for Julia. She regretted it immediately. Yeah, <laughs> I did it. And then he started talking about the path and I was like, oh no, what did I do? Yeah, How did yeah. you not foresee this when you were choosing between that? I think we had two choices. We were like, Religious and the there, or necromancy, there, I think. There are four. There are four choices. Which again, I'm surprised that Julia Sorry. chose religious. We came down to two choices. Yes. Oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between right. us, yeah. Yes. I mean, the, the I'm still surprised you chose religious out of the four because it was like one was like crunchy nature, mm-hmm. one was regular doctor, one was like weird black hat doctor and then religious doctor and i'm like oh she's gonna choose one of the other three yeah i feel like you got to put cleric on the board that's what happens in civilization six there is a religious path you could take i almost did crunchy yeah and like to some extent i do kind of regret it but i think from a storytelling perspective it's very good sure and that's part of the reason why i ended up picking that because i like kind of having emotional turmoil in character arcs and stuff like that but i think i also thought that maybe havana would be religious in the way that Cammy currently is religious rather than going full like youth pastor really really into it so I think that is again on me an assumption that I made and I regret it in terms of like Cammy is suffering because of it but I don't regret it in terms of like interesting storytelling but every time Havana talks about the path you guys can't see my face but the people on this call can see my face and I'm just like <laughs> yeah 
Just a full grimace. Malignant Sloth described that as Cammy is crying, but Julia is thriving. And I, I think I think Julia is like cringing, but exhilarated. Yes. <laughs> like so the funny. ascent of a roller coaster. Yes, exactly. There was a thought. I don't remember what we said, but there was a reason we gave the religious one as an option. It was because we know that one of the quote unquote big bads of this campaign is Audrey the Rotten Queen, who deals in like necrotic magic. So having a yes. cleric who is potentially like more celestial magic would be a good counterpoint. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah. Incredibly hilarious. And all well. and he's just really fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, all right. Take us through these other NPCs, please. These other competitors. Yeah. I also love the conversation that we had about uh, what a paladin of the path looked like. Yeah. Someone suggested, uh, someone sent a message that was like, oh, this has real like tent revival energy. It does. It really it does. does. And it I does. like that. It's like someone, it's like the paladin shows up in your town, sets up a tent, and then while wearing a three piece suit, goes and takes care of the monster. And then it's like, all right, well, in exchange, all of you are coming to services. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think I kind of mentioned that in the episode where I said this does have kind of like big tent revival energy. But yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, we talked about that was the initial thing. And then Eric was like, this is more like we landed on an FBI agent coming into your town. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, like relentlessly helpful. Yeah. And therefore, you really can't turn away. Like, it's a little bit like, what if a medicine show actually cured all your syphilis? And then you're like, oh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I got to do this now. Mm. I feel like there's a lot of spooky stuff i'm trying to think this is kind of like twin peaks where it's like people really like the cia agent who's in town right but yeah. of course they still work for the cia yeah it's like yeah. x files but they they do stuff like this in gravity falls and they did stuff like this in the first half of the avengers own amnesty where mm -hmm. it's like the fbi agent is there but they're, they come into town they're an npc and then it's like, you got to deal with them. Can I continue to do shenanigans if an FBI agent is in town? And I feel like that's kind of how it feels like when a when a paladin rolls into town like that. Where did you get the name Continuous from? Oh, Continuous Thankful straight up from that list. Mm. Oh, the Quaker list? The Quaker list. Yay! The Quaker list. Yeah. I found someone compiled like a bunch of a list of Quaker names and threw it on Twitter. A and... scholar. Yeah. She was like, why is nobody using all of these names all the time? These are incredible. Yeah. And that was, I think Continuous Thankful was either, Continuous was the first name of the person. And I think Thankful also might have been from like a different list of Puritans or of Amish people that I had originally from the beginning of the campaign that I sent to Julia. So uh, yeah. It's continuous thankful part of the whole like virtue as name that yeah. I wanted to include. Continuous is such a weird name for even for like Quakers or Puritans. <laughs> I don't understand. I will say, Eric, I think continuous might have been from your own creation because I'm seeing several constants on this list. Oh, sure. I think you well, took it a step further with continuous, which is great. I think I'm at. Yeah, I must have much like girl talk. Uh, I mashed up two, <laughs> two names it. and created something wild. I love That's that. what we always say about you when we describe you as a DM. It's like girl talk. <laughs> it's yeah. just like girl talk. Uh -huh. Famously so. I, I'm more of a Super Mash Bros DM. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone who went to NYU in 2010 really loved that. I know. I, I all know. you Gen Zers out there, Girl Talk was a, <laughs> was a DJ. <laughs> Remember ma mashups? Mashups were really were a really big thing. Um, and then, of course, I had to do something. I had the future builder prospect there the entire time. I knew so that was cool. happening. You y'all didn't really uh, investigate it in the book depository stuff, but I knew that I wanted someone like that. And then, of course, someone who is deeply self-serious has to be a part of it for the builder games. Um, and Archimedes is just 
He's just out here being a big moth, trying his best, having no self-awareness and having a giant laser rifle. Bless his heart. <laughs> yeah. I-, I think there is perhaps no funnier trait in an NPC than self-seriousness. Like it's just, it is interacting with them in any form makes like incredible comedy and I am enjoying it so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that he got got and he got a DNP for for the first round. Truly incredible. I know. Well, we have a lot to talk about about the mechanics of uh, the precision round. But first, folks, let me run back into the kitchen and uh, refill our little party platter right here. Thank you. I got you a munchie mix. Oh, uh-huh. Sorry, my mom said we're at a munchie mix, so we just have a bunch of carrots. Is that oh, okay? Oh, is that good? No. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Is that good for you? You guys don't want the puffed quinoa chips? No, I want them. No, the puffed quinoa chips are great. I don't want fucking carrots. I want carrots. <laughs> Ignore Brandon. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Hey, it's Amanda. I am back from vacation, and listen, I'm sure I've said it before, but there is truly nothing like a first shower after being away from home in your own shower. I have all my products. My body knows the distance between all of the, you know, knobs and the curtain, and I'm not going to be scared by how cold or hot the water is right away. You know what? It takes longer to warm up than other places, but hey, it's mine, and I know exactly how to use it. So welcome to the mid-roll. And welcome, first and foremost, to our newest patrons. There have been so many of you over the last couple of weeks. Thank you so much for joining. Dominique, Cassandra, Kay, Kat, Barbie, AJ, and Mooncat Charlie. What a a fabulously good-looking and charismatic bunch you are. Only in part, partly just because you are, but partly because you have chosen to carve out some money in your budget to help make this independent podcast possible. We can only make this show because of the contributions you make to us on Patreon. We take so much time to make this show and we love it and we love you all. And we know that not all of you are in a place where you can support us financially, but for anyone who can spare $5 a month or more, we extra super duper appreciate you. You can join the Patreon for things like party planning. Julia and Brandon published a real banger last week, our patron only discord, which has been my favorite place on the internet for years and all kinds of extras like bonus scenes we released uh, like we were talking about here on the episode uh, the other two rounds of the precision games for all of our patrons at any level so join us today at patreon.com slash join the party pod and hey if you can't afford to support us financially right now absolutely no shame we totally get it share the show with a friend that is just as useful to us send them to join the party slash start where they can listen to any of our campaigns This week at Multitude, there is so much going on. And I got to be honest with you guys, one of my very favorite podcasts, not just at Multitude, but uh, of all time, is Pale Blue Pod. This is an astronomy podcast for people who are overwhelmed by the universe but want to be its friend. Every Monday, astrophysicist Dr. Moya McTeer and comedian Corinne Caputo demystify space one topic at a time. Recently, they talked about the 52 constellations of the southern sky and handed out some absolutely wacky awards. And make sure you stick around to the end of the episode to figure out which is the horniest constellation in the southern sky. Again, new episodes every Monday, so listen to Pale Blue Pod in your podcast app now. 
We are sponsored this week by Volanti Design, which are the creators of gorgeous clothing and cosplay items. You've seriously got to just go to their website at volantidesign.us to believe how beautiful they are. Like me saying you can buy a Starfleet leather jacket is not going to really communicate to you how beautiful the Starfleet leather jackets are. Can you tell I want a Starfleet leather jacket? Holy shit, they're so pretty. So anyway, they're a fantastic small business all about clothing, pop culture, and making people feel badass. They have uh, wonderful cosplay items like Lord of the Rings gowns or a ninja collection that will legitimately make you feel like a rogue in real life, but also things that you could totally wear, like not in a fandom setting or even to work, like this beautiful kind of asymmetrical red vest in a Victorian Gothic style. Oh my God, they're so beautiful. And best of all, they are offering listeners of Join the Party $30 off your purchase at volantidesign.us with code join the party at checkout. So that's V O L A N T E design.us. But don't worry, they ship all over the world. And the code is join the party. If you have any issues with the code or getting it shipped to where you are, just email their support. They are super quick and super friendly. Again, it's volantidesign.us. The code is join the party and the offer is $30 off your purchase. We are also sponsored by Cornbread Hemp. And I know I mentioned coming home to my shower and how nice that is after being away, but I also really appreciate that I have my CBD oil and my CBD gummies. And the only brand I buy these days is Cornbread Hemp. This is a CBD company based in Kentucky. They are USDA certified organic and in the process of becoming a certified B Corp, which is awesome. And their products are flower only, TMTM, full spectrum. That means no seeds or stems make their way in. And most of the products are also vegan friendly, including the CBD oils and gummies, which I know can be a huge pain if you are vegetarian or vegan and looking for CBD products. They're family owned, crowdfunded. They used to live in Greenpoint. They are super, super cool guys. They are all grown and made in Kentucky and certified by independent labs with reports published on their website. I really rely on CBD products for muscle pain and also to sleep. So if you want to check them out, Go learn something about CBD on their website and buy it now. Go to cornbreadhemp.com and use code JOINTHEPARTY for 25% off your order. That's cornbreadhemp.com and the code is JOINTHEPARTY. Finally, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we are faced with some tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Now, here's a very small example. Uh, coming home from vacation, Eric and I were scheduled on a flight that was supposed to leave at like 8 p.m. We were going to a wedding the next day. We were supposed to get home at like 11 or so and then leave at about 11 the next morning. Uh, now, as we're packing for the airport, we uh, get a text that our flight is 10 minutes late, 30 minutes late two hours late, four hours late. Oh my God. And finally, our flight ended up uh, leaving Nashville at uh, about two in the morning and getting back to New York at 5 a.m. Uh, this was terrible. So in that moment, sitting uh, at home, packing, <laughs> frozen with fear that I'm going to miss this wedding or miss our rental car or miss our plans, I use some of my therapy techniques to take deep breaths, to focus on the outcome and what I could control. And you know what, guys? We found a different flight 
on a different uh, airline that was leaving on time. We got home earlier than we would have otherwise and went to the wedding and it was super fun. And I am really grateful that even in those small moments, maybe especially in those small moments where there's a dilemma or a stressful situation, I have tools that I'm learning in therapy that can make sure that I know how to deal with it and deal with those stresses when they do come up. And if you're looking to get into therapy, but you're kind of not sure how to start, maybe you can't access therapy safely or affordably where you are, BetterHelp is a super convenient way to do it. It's flexible and totally suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I did this several times when I was using BetterHelp, and it was really useful to know that if I didn't vibe with a particular therapist, I could switch and find somebody new at no additional charge. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash join the party today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash join the party. And now back to the after party. All right, folks, I'm back. The only carrots were frozen for the dogs. So um, instead, I did bring you watermelon lemonade ice cubes with blueberries in them, which uh, Eric and I have been snacking on. That's very good. I like that. I like that. Delicious. We have bought two watermelons that we have fully (laughs) went through all of them because we blended and juiced a lot of it. Delicious. (laughs) Solid. Good choice. All right, pals, we have got to talk about perhaps the best mini game in my memory in Join the Party since the maps in campaign one. Uh, wow. For me. Wow. Uh, let's talk about the precision round. Fuck yeah. Woo! So I wanted to ask Eric, like, what was your approach? Like, what, how, what was your thought process? How'd you get to using, like, real games as a tool in your fantasy game? Was this, was there, like, an inspiration, like, you had for mice and mansions and murders or whatever the fuck it was called or um of mice didn't and even murder. remember the thing i said 20 minutes ago incredible i know the thing you're talking about i just don't know what it's called <laughs> he just doesn't care he just play he just put the word mansions in the middle uh it was like it was yes yeah, they mashed up uh there were mice in the haunted mansion mm. they're in actual disney world and you play mice trying mm-hmm. to get in honestly the eric mansion. that's tight that sounds like the most Brandon game of all time. That's yeah. Brandon's uh, goat party. Is, yes. Yeah. Is yes. Mice and mansion, mice and mansions and murder. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Ooh. Write it down, Brandon. Ooh. Write it down. Write it down. Write it, write it down. Write it down. Brandon, write it down. Yeah. So I've been thinking about this a lot just in terms of how tabletop RPGs are set. The whole thing with tabletop RPGs is you play a game and then you get a resolution and then the story continues, right? Mm-hmm. You, you you take these little stops along the way, much like running around in the tall grass and then a Pokemon pops out, right? And for many tabletop RPGs, it's just roll a die, right? Or and do, or do a move and then that will encourage something that will happen. Uh, so I've been thinking about this since the ship battles mechanics that I made where the mechanics are rock, paper, scissors, right? So I'm like, okay, let's do something that has everyone involved and let's kind of figure out how we're going to resolve. It's like we're going to play a game, and then we're going to see how well everyone does, and then then the scores are done, right? That's ultimately what it is. And then I wanted to do something fun that have everyone involved. So I did this, and then, of course, I had two other games that I prepared, which we didn't end up going to because we had so much fun in the locker room, which is fine by me. But it's been released for patrons, so if you're not a patron and you want to hear us do two more different kinds of mini games for the precision round, you got to join. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to do it. Uh, but I celebrity was my favorite, and I'm really glad that we did it. So yeah, that's just what I was thinking. Like playing a game, seeing how it resolved, and then using that 
as I mean, especially because like we're doing a game within a game by having a tournament arc inside of a tabletop RPG thing. So I was like, I wanted to make it feel a little bit more real before we were going to move on. That's why it sort of like surprised me because like we already had there's already the game like the the easy thing to do there as a DM is just be like all right Troy shoot it shoot an yeah. arrow and roll roll attack roll and we'll see how well you do but I thought it was just brilliant to like zag there I yeah I don't know I just I would never thought thought to do that so and plus it gets all of us involved which I think is a lot more interesting and fun like I. Listen, I will never be mad about Troy Riptide being in the spotlight because I fucking love Troy Riptide. But like getting to help with the competition in a way was was nice for us as players, I think. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, no, I, I, you know, I just thought it would be more fun. And I think that it ended up being really interesting and in play and hearing how it went. I think that, Brandon, you're bringing up something that a lot of people run into because like Dungeons and Dragons is a dice game, right? And then you got to use dice to literalize what's happening. Mm-hmm. You think about this all the time. This is a, a problem that DMs run into all the time when they're first starting. It's like, oh, I want to do some tavern games. I want to do some carnival games. What do I do? And then it's like, all right, well, we're going to do poker, but it's dice, right? Mm-hmm. Or something. Or we're going to play Yahtzee instead. It's like you're uh, using dice to literalize a game is not always the best medium. So that's why I did the whole precision justification, right? Is like, be precise with your language. We're going to use this as the literalization, especially for something like the precision round. It's just about points or uh, like in a Mario Party game. It's like, how well did you do out of 100%? Yeah. Uh, which is also how I came up with the scores for everyone else. So I was like, all right, I assume that by skill, everyone else's percentage is going to be this, this, this. So that's how Troy came in tied for third, right? Pretty good, Troy. Pretty good. All of this is a game, right? But we're just using a different game that isn't the D20, the D10, the D12, the D6 to make it happen. Yeah. It's good shit, man. Good shit. You all uh, you all took it seriously, and I'm very oh happy. Oh, my God, about yes. It. Oh, my God, I of course. Stressed. I uh, Playing it and then listening to the edit and then listening to the final episode, my heart rate, like, doubled. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I, I have never felt so much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. I also just love playing Celebrity. I think it's always a fun game, so... Yeah, it and it, it gives us some control, too. It's not just like roll the die, I hope it works. Like Because especially in a structured competition, it's not like I could approach initiative and say, okay, like what are the ways that I could be a creative thinker, you know, and like use my skills to the best possible outcome? It's like, okay, hit the target. You know, yes, Troy is built for that, but, you know, how interesting or climactic can that possibly be? So that's fully what I expected to happen, and you fully surpassed my expectations. Mm-hmm. It was so fun and led to uh, a moment that I think everybody enjoyed. Brandon, thank you for your... Uh, heavy finger on the bleep button there. Oh, don't give me credit so for that. That was an Amanda idea that yeah. uh, <laughs> I put into practice. Perfectly executed. I also just want to shout out Brandon because he by far had the most difficult category yeah. of the of all of us. And like, that I was, just, that I was appreciated tough. it. It was a tough one. It was fun. Yeah, we did it. Uh, Grace Robichaux also gave Brandon some kudos by saying, how amazing is it when Brandon thought to learn some support skills before the Bullseye Games? Brandon, that's so nice of you. Look at that. <laughs> so good. I play good game. I play D&D good. <laughs> he played D&D good. <laughs> um, Malignant Sloth wants to know, Eric, how sad did I look when Frambois said no to playing three-card Manny with Troy? <laughs> <laughs> I, in my recollection, I looked like somebody kicked me. I was like, What? <laughs> <laughs> Here's he- hey, let's take a second and zoom in on this moment with Troy Riptide, right? 
Too close, too close, too close. Always, baby. No, no, get closer. It gets better the closer you get. (laughs) Man, we're really seeing what his eyes look like. It's weird. (laughs) Um, Troy Riptide, proud, craggish green folk, walks up to rebellious separatists Uh saying, wow, crags are great. Love the (laughs) Me, love the crags. Big Um, fan of the No, actually, I'm not that big about them anymore. Do you want to play a game? (laughs) (laughs) And then she is like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's not like she doesn't automatically know what your whole deal is when you walked in going, cracks, cracks, yeah. cracks, cracks. No, cracks. he didn't hide it at all. Should he have? Probably. Probably. Did he? No. Yeah. Especially because like the crags also sent a representative to set three lips. So it's like she has two people in this locker room, two out of seven, and one is herself, who is from the country that she is currently trying to secede from. Mm-hmm. I don't think that she likes you. No. Mm-hmm. And that was so, so much fun to play with this uh, this French accent. Yeah, it was. It uh, Yeah, it was so, so well done. Sloth also asked, uh, Eric, I want to know how that timing worked out with Archimedes dropping at exactly the perfect comedic moment. Is it just the time he would touch his <laughs> ring for luck? Did you just give Brandon a gift? Was that I know, what happened? Brandon, th- those shenanigues worked out so well. Good shenanigues. Well, we, yeah, we, I mean, we talked about it in the episode, like, specifically choosing the item that would be at the opportune moment, but then Eric just used his great comedic timing to be like, and now. <laughs> The thing that I was thinking is that Archimedes, so Archimedes failed the role, right? I had that. I rolled that. I knew it in my head. Archimedes, as a person, would try so hard, so hard to fight off falling asleep slash passing out <laughs> in a public just space. Just trying to power through it. Just he, Archimedes was just trying to power through it. And I didn't <laughs> know when I was going to do it, but I knew I was going to make it happen <laughs> at some point. And I thought that the whole thing with Troy was just so funny. I had to do it at that moment. It's like I, I kept it in my pocket. I also wanted Brandon to like feel a little, especially because it was ambiguous and Archimedes is imposing as a just a, a character. Um, I wanted to keep it in my pocket. It's like, did I do it? Did it work? Because I, I, I rolled it and I didn't say anything. So I more just wanted to keep that in my pocket. So it was mm-hmm. a little gift to Brandon is it what I'm hearing. I knew it was going to happen. I knew. It was, I was just waiting for. I was I was like licking my chops waiting for the good Eric joke. And I was like, oh, give me those giggles, Eric. Give me he those giggles. He was waiting giggles. for his cheese tax. <laughs> you were looking. You rolled. You were also like, hey, what? how's Archimedes doing as he's walking out? And he like looked grim <laughs> he was just like straight faced not trying to move it's like you're trying to hold in a barf <laughs> it's like if i don't move my face i'll be fine really, huh? yeah. yeah so that's why I, that's what i was trying to do and it was just it was just a, a fun thing to do now folks some questions about uh the game our characters vertistello as a whole so this uh this was just a what do you say? A little uh, sousant of inspiration from Sneaky Sloth. Are some green folk nocturnal, such as flowers that only bloom at night or funky nighttime bugs? And uh, Jaya chimed in to say, would a firefly green folk wear pants with a butt flap or no pants at all? I think a skirt and they flip it up. I was going to say, I think there's just a, like, when you see characters that have tails in yes. fiction, just a like a cut there's up. a hole in the butt. Yeah. I think no pants. <laughs> I also think no pants. <laughs> I liked skirt though. Skirt was good. Thank you. Or like maybe you know how they have those apron dresses that like are supposed to tie like around a dress, but sometimes mm. you don't wear anything underneath, so your butt's hanging out just a little bit. That. What are you talking about? You never seen an apron dress? Come on, Brandon. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, thank you. 
This could also be like a 19th century dress where it has like the cage. Oh, like the bustle and yeah, stuff? Yeah, the, the full bustle. So it's, it's like dead. you have the bustle, then like, but it's protecting the firefly yeah, yeah. butt. The point is, yes, I think some green folk are nocturnal. The just like is, people. Yes. Just like people. <laughs> sometimes we're nocturnal. There you go. All I'm hearing now in my head is uh, <laughs> like Love Shack, but what was the phrase? Funky little bugs? Funky <laughs> yes. little bugs. <laughs> it is. Uh, that's very good. I have that's a and d campaign and they're full with plants. <laughs> you do. That's true. Maureen also wants to know, I'm sure this is a very rude and personal question to ask of a butterfly, but did Troy maintain consciousness during his chrysalis goo phase? Where do butterfly folks' parents put their chrysalises when they're in there? Tell me it's a closet and they all have parties when they come out. Uh, question for the group. What, what do we think? Well, didn't we establish that in... Vertistello, caterpillars stay caterpillars and butterflies are born butterflies. Like there's no chrysalis goo phase. No, it's you like... said both. I, I, I'm pretty sure you said both are true. There are bu- caterpillars that stay bu- caterpillars. There are butterflies that stay butterflies. And there are some that do transformation, right? That sounds like some, that sounds like the thing I said. And cool. I agree. Because yeah. also I want to, because like, I also don't want like, you can't just go up to a butterfly green falcon being like, so how was your chrysalis? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't go up to a caterpillar and be like, hmm, so when you change in gym? Yeah. It's a real trans allegory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're, we're always doing one over here. Always. I think that some, yeah, I think that they maintain consciousness. I really like Maureen, like having a social and like familial tradition surrounding this. Yes. This is also very similar. I talked to Dr. Moya McTeer about what does it say about the Pokemon world that trainers are 10 and what is is that like the the age of adulthood in the Pokemon world? <laughs> so I kind of like this as it's related to this sort of thing. Like this is your this is your bug mitzvah. See you later, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Eric got up from the, the place Open that the they're sitting. <laughs> He's leaving. He's leaving now. Goodbye, Eric. Incredible. All right, here's Incredible. the section where we talk about how good Eric is at things. Mm-hmm. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Guys, he doesn't listen to his own voice. He won't listen to this episode. He won't listen to this episode. We can compliment him all we want before he puts his headphones back on. Oh, too late. Okay. Oh, uh, time out. Time out. You're all talking time about out. how great Bug Mitzvah was. <laughs> it is good. You'll never know. I like You'll it. Never pretty good. Yeah, pretty pretty good. good. So, no, Maureen, I love that a lot. That's great. I don't think that Troy should maintain consciousness, though. That would be bad. That's up to Troy, baby. Like, that would sounds like it'd be really painful and weird, like rearranging your atoms, you know? I guess, but it's also like. For Pokemon, it's like, well, what about the middle stage, you know? Like, when do you, when you become a Kakuna? I think it's not weird. And that well, what Troy is like, yeah, I got good. Like, you just get all blended up, and you wait in your chrysalis, and you chill, got a big nap, think about things, and then you come out, and everyone's like, oh, that's your pattern. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the n- big nap is important, Amanda. You know? Yeah, but like not all the time. Like you know how when bears hibernate, they're not actually sleeping; they just kind of like that's slow true, their whole process true, down. Yeah. And they're just like you know f- hard chilling. I think that's what it's like. Hard chilling. Hard. Exactly Horde. right. Yeah, I think it makes sense. I also like. I don't want it to speak for bugs, but that would be a bad evolutionary. <laughs> that would be a bad evolutionary process. They're not gonna like hear and talk back to you. But like if they hurt, I don't want to talk badly about mother evolution, oh, mother true. nature. Yeah, but like fair. I feel like bugs would be unhappy if like oh this is gonna hurt, and then you're like and then it feels like you're in acid for for a long time, and then you come back together as after you goo. Like, well, I hate yeah. to tell you this, Eric, but I'm pretty sure it hurts. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like growing pains for they literally humans. rip apart their atoms. But like, 
do we know it hurts? Do we know that they have pain receptors? That's what I'm trying to say. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Uh, That's a good point. I don't know about that. I do not consent to knowing the real answer about whether or not actual (laughs) butterflies hurt in their chrysalis. So nobody tell me. Nobody tell me. This reminds me of when Brandon told us that fucked up fact about butterflies. And now I don't want to think about it anymore. Yeah. No, me neither. All we have is tririptide perfect himbo. All right. David the Chem E, which I think stands for engineer. You'll see why. uh, Says, I love all the world building in this campaign. As an engineer, I was so drawn to Hothouse. Understandably, with three players, it was going to be left out. But will we ever get some hothouse focus? Who can say? Well, you have a future builder right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That could be a little taste for you. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, the question surgeon, Michelle Spurgeon, wants to know, how does everybody know about the crew's involvement with the explosion at the book depository? <laughs> Great question. Michelle, would you believe this never occurred this to gossip me? Gossip runs fast in the pirate world. Yeah. I mean, like, do you think people would know you if you, like, stole Donald Duck from Disney World and then blew it up. <laughs> like yeah. he like like would people know your name if like Epcot Center fell apart and then and you took Donald Duck. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they would. Did we take Bookie? Did I miss that part? <laughs> <laughs> we Julia, we haven't checked that cabin in years. Nobody knows what's in there. He might be in the haunted cabin. He we don't might know. be in the haunted cabin. I'm sure Tessie like also probably like started Maybe not talking shit, but like definitely like spreading the the information around. I mean, are our faces on wanted posters yeah. in Depository Island? I bet. Yeah. Potentially. You know, she came after us. She just gave us a fair, a gentleman's head start. Yeah. I yeah, I thought it was important that you all got a little bit of renown. I was teasing it because like Edie knew, even if you didn't admit it, the Bullseye Games folks knew it. So it's definitely something that you're you're a little well known for because it's I mean, a lot of people go through the book depository, both pirates and civilians. So I thought I thought that would have been cool. And also pirates are gossipy bitches. So yes, like, they are. Yeah. True. Established. Established. Canon. I like to imagine it's like if uh, it's July 4th, so everyone, all the employees are gone from the building, but someone blew up the NSA and it's like, yeah, uh-huh. the government's going to go after you. And like put you on their shit list, but like everyone else is gonna know your name and be like, cool with it. You you stopped the the surveillance program. That's that's pretty tight. <laughs> that's pretty dope, actually. And then you take Donald from the NSA. And then you take Donald from the NSA, <laughs> who's just a guy named Donald. We steal the American <laughs> Eagle. That's the NSA's. Brandon, mascot. that was that was campaign two. That was ah. your dad, Hank. Oh yeah. <laughs> but the Eagle worked for the company. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, folks, anything more about the plot of these episodes or our characters before we get into some podcasting and IRL questions? Hey, Eric, you're just good at your job. Just want to say that like right off the bat. Good job. Thanks, dog. I'm I'm (laughs) I'm really trying to do some some stuff. I mean, I think that I think about this a lot that a podcast called Not Another D&D Podcast began in 2018. Right. (laughs) And it feels like that we've all been doing the same stuff. In actual play, in D&D, right? Like, oh, now the wow, now it's being filmed and it's it's an anthology like Dimension 20 does it. And now Critical Role is a kajillion dollars, right? And now people are doing it live and this stuff. But like the form, the stuff that we do is just like, yeah, let's make some jokes and do improv for an hour and a half and then big, big, boom, we're done. And maybe we'll play a different game. But I think that like the stuff we're doing, like if we're comparing this to TV and movies, right? This is cinematography almost. The mm. gameplay and cinematography and sound design are what we have. Mm-hmm. So let's do something different. 
different. Let's let's do some Dutch angles, right? Yeah. And that's what I'm. That's what we're trying to get at here a little bit. Is like I want to do stuff that we haven't seen before. Both so all three of you have a good time. Like what we had with the messages, the me keeping stuff secret, and the stuff with the celebrity, but also so the audience can see that we you can do different stuff in this form that's been around. Get kind of got like old really fast, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I also I hope you're all having fun. Yeah, having extreme fun, uh, which is why our first question in this section. Julia, Julia says, looking down at her shoes. Yeah, I'm having fun. Despite, despite <laughs> my own best efforts, you really having. A, I'm having a good time at camp this summer. <laughs> well, James wants to know what is it like having the best DM in podcasting, and perhaps the best players in TTRPG podcasting. Wow, I just complimented Eric, and now we're back to back complimenting him. <laughs> Fine, I see how it is. <laughs> It's just fun. I didn't know that that question was coming, so I was just like, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I said. Uh, it, for me, it, it's just, uh, it gives me freedom to focus on having a buckwild, interesting, distinctive character who sometimes, you know, hopefully distinctive and interesting, but like who doesn't always do what's best for the plot because it it makes me feel like I can just make whatever choices Troy would actually make and I know that the mechanics is going to work itself out and I've spoken about this before but like in campaign one and even into the beginning of campaign two I was worried about making the wrong choice for the group and for the party and for the plot and now I know that the the wrong choice is not making a choice and the you know doing what my character would do eric knows that and can do whatever he wants with it and i know that julianne brandon will have my back i know that we'll be able to workshop things and that we'll ultimately like do what's interesting for the show um and like discover new things in the world so that is what it is like uh playing with the best dm and the best players in podcasting damn i was gonna say lucrative (laughs) (laughs) okay rich yes i am podcast rich and i own three houses (laughs) that was a yoke yeah. yeah. Don't we worry. Don't, we with... don't own three houses. Yeah. Uh, we but own between four... four of us, we own one house. That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, congratulations, that's everyone. That's so depressing. <laughs> Living the dream. Yeah. Also, that's the same response Ombi would would say. Shut up, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, here, here we go. Joyce Poise wants to know, if you were a fruit, what fruit would you be? Quick. Pomegranate. Apple. <laughs> Brandon, I'm going last. Quick. I'm waiting for Brandon. <laughs> Uh, I mean, grapes immediately came to mind, but I hate that. Uh, nope, your grapes now. Too bad. Okay, grapes. First thought, best thought. Okay. Uh, I also was going to say apple, but I think strawberry. Yeah. Just like a little strawberry. Yeah, a little hat. Go. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Uh, a question for all of Julia's out there. AZ Daisies wants to know, do you have a favorite shanty or shanty band? And then uh, they add, I love all the references in the episode descriptions. And I got to say, folks, if you are not reading the episode descriptions, you've been missing Eric doing, uh, oh, a good 13, 14 sea uh, shanty riffs in a row mm-hmm. as the episode descriptions. They're incredible. Um, my favorite is obviously the theme song for campaign three, but yep. <laughs> the one that I sing in my head probably most often is Spanish ladies. So mm-hmm. good shit. Yeah. Brandon, do you have any, I know you listen to a lot. No, I don't actually. Um, or you had to listen to a lot to, Oh the yeah, theme yeah. Song. I did listen to yeah. a lot to, for research. Uh, the one I really liked on Julia's playlist though, when I was doing the research was called Hall Away Joe. Mm-hmm. I don't know the group in particular, but I liked that tune a lot. I believe that one on my playlist is Pierce Campbell. Right on. I just really like, you know, singing, claps, stomps, 
and then like a banjo or a mandolin or one of those types of instruments thrown in. I just think mm-hmm. that that's kind of like the driving stuff, as you can see from us making Brandon's put in the hose into, hey. <laughs> into the oh. campaign. <laughs> so good. So, oh. But yeah, that was a hot shit. I mean, the Wellerman is really good. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that it's the most like Instagrammy. It's the most well known for because of how it blew up on TikTok. But like the form makes the most sense to me. It's like, I'm going to sing a little bit and people say some stuff. I'm going to sing some <laughs> other stuff and people sing some stuff. And then everyone comes in together on the chorus and then another person sings the verse and then the mm-hmm. call and response. So I think it's the best laid out, which is why I think people respond to it so much. There was one particular one that I also, if you go back to the party planning where Brandon and I talked about how we made Campaign 3. Another reason to become a patron or join the party at Patreon to come join the party pod? What? When we talked about what we were going through to make the Sea Shanty in the first place, there was another one that had really good structure similarly to that stuff. And that's also related to a lot of like folk songs and religious songs that I've sang at camp where it's like, yeah. I'm going to do some stuff right now and you're going to sing some stuff. And then everyone comes together and does a chorus and then another person does a verse. Yeah, call and response. Yeah. yeah. That particular thing of like, not just like, of it breaking up like that. Like you do one line and the call and response it's a happens in the verse. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. call and response happens in the verse and then everyone sings the chorus together and then a different person can pick up the next verse instead of it just being one person leading. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Wes the Imposter asks, what are the phrases that we use to get into character? I can see Troy's being bruh, Cammy's being well, that is wonderful, and Umby's being what? Uh, mine is just Troy Riptad. No, mine is something like, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> like, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely now that I've logged into it, I just say what. But pr- originally it was, they want you to take the roles, which is a line from Boy Meets World. Um, <laughs> so that's where I got that voice from. Incredible. Uh, uh, Julia, yeah. you've really come to a vasty. That's been a, a real vast-y. good one. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Every time you say it, I-, I clap like someone said the name of the movie. It's like <laughs> Kramer-, Kramer shows up. <laughs> hey, man. Exactly. That thing just happened. And uh, here, fittingly, uh, is our final question from Plate, actually a druid, which they termed as an after-party question for whenever. You'll see why it's fitting. Mm -hmm. Does the time between recording an episode and when it actually airs decrease your excitement for it at all? I work as a graphic designer for packaging, and I can be working close to a year out from when the product will hit the shelf. I like Don Draper, nice. Exactly. I'll be super excited for it in the moment, but by the time it launches, I'll have almost forgotten about it. Do you experience any of that? Or because you're creating for a specific audience that lets you know their reactions, is it not that much of an issue for you? I was thinking specifically of how long ago the season intro song was created versus when it aired when I thought of this question. I think for me, it doesn't decrease the excitement for the episodes and in fact increases the excitement for the episodes because I forgot what's happened. And so I can re-listen to stuff and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that knowing what happened, you know, five episodes later because that's what we just recorded. (laughs) I'll often remember like an item or a line or a question I wanted to follow up on. Like I take notes and I, I, you know, remind myself of things, but hearing it in the moment, I'm like, oh, interesting. That didn't strike me at the time. But now again, with the context or, you know, thinking back on stuff, so that really excites me. And also just remembering like, you know, those um those packets that you put in your gloves or your ski boots to keep your mm-hmm. your pizzas and, oh, yeah. and hands warm. It's like that remembering the devastation that you guys are going to feel when you hear some of the shit that happens <laughs> five episodes from now. <laughs> like it, it just it carrying that around with me. It just keeps me warm nights. on the cold days and cold on the warm days, baby. Like it's it's delicious. <laughs> nice. That's really funny. I mean, for me, like 
because I work on them, I, I at some point it just becomes sort of mechanical, like in a you sort of like detach from the actual like story emotional part of it when you're trying to like make it. So it's it's my like connection to it comes when we play it first, and then yeah, when I hear uh, y'all as an audience react to it. So thank you for doing that, Brandon. How is it for you knowing that you listen to the podcast? at least probably at least three times and you still get surprised by things that I say. Uh, I mean, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Time. It's a, it's a good time, experience. It's good. What do you think, Eric? Cause you're also planning for if, th- if things are going to do five episodes from now. Yeah. I mean, I think that I, I'm excited to, for you all to hear what we're going to say. So I'm similarly to Brandon. It's like, I am very engaged when we're playing and then it's like, oh, they're going to hear this thing. But then we're so far ahead. It's like, oh, but I want you to get there. Right. It's like every time I want you all to catch up to where we're at. So we definitely want your responses. We want to hear what you're excited about so that we can know, especially like, I mean, when we play, I have an ear to like what people are going to enjoy and hear. Like the audience is always in the room, but it's kind of funny knowing that like you're going to hear it weeks later even though, even if I'm cheating out towards you, that won't pay off until you hear the episode weeks later. So it's like we do need your response to like finish the loop, yeah, almost. And Eric, that's why I, that's why I still get surprised is because when I'm working on it, I'm not thinking about the story. I'm thinking about the continuity of the sentence, you know. So I'm not. Like, that's what I was asking you. Yeah, yeah. So it's not that my memory is that bad. It's just that it's normal bad. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, right. That's fair. Right. Nothing's funnier than when people are doing a re-listen, like when Julie and Amanda do a listen through before the episode comes out, and then one of them are like, "Oh, you you seeded that," and I'm like, "Yes, I did." I literally did that did. today, where I was yes. like, "You son of a bitch! You mentioned it in this episode. <laughs> Fuck you." It's a hard balance because it's like I want to tease things for the three of you, but also we play a week separated too. So it's like everyone's having this issue of holding things, remembering things, writing things down. And then it's like, is this too hard for my players? Is this, but is it going to be super obvious on re-listen when the audience gets to it? Like sometimes I put in clues that I don't know you're going to pick up or you do or you don't. Mm -hmm. And then I just see what happens, you know? No, it's Mm -hmm. very tough to guess. And I I don't know how you do it, but it seems like you strike a perfect balance because people notice things that I didn't put together, but also I notice enough to like make the conclusion, you know? Yeah. Like, but, I, I feel like I catch, you know, 75% of it, which feels just about right. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about, like, Eska Island, right? Is like, well, did you know that an Eska's the little light bobbly thing on an no. anglerfish? Nope. Like, no. Nope. But at the same time, I think the three of you also super didn't trust what Hondo was doing. But, like, what are you going to yeah. do? Not continue? Not go? Yeah. Not go? Uh, that's the only thing that the characters have right now. And we got to finish the thing. So you can be right. suspicious, but then also mandatorily, you got to participate in the current, not even like do what I say, but participate in the situation that's in front of you. Not not often, though. You don't often put us on a thing where it feels like we have kind of one choice ahead of us. But it was, listen, all of us were excited to get treasure. We did get some amber. We also did almost get murdered. So it's <laughs> true. Ho, ho, ho. Pirate's life for me. It happens. All right, folks, let's uh, end here with some spoil the plank. Woo! Avast ye! First, from Moss, what happened in that conversation, TM, between Amanda and Eric about three lips? Hmm. I don't know. There's a screenshot, apparently, though. Do we? I Because uh, you definitely took a screenshot of it, or you said you did, at least. 
I, I still don't think we've seen that screenshot. No. No. Okay. No, uh, players can now hear it, but uh, people cannot yet. Yeah, it was something that I didn't feel like we had to reveal. Mm-hmm. So that's why we didn't put it in, unlike the other unlike the other yeah. thing. Uh, a future after party, we're happy to go into it. Uh, Michelle Spurgeon, the question surgeon, do you guys think the keys are necessary to unlock whatever? What if you can't win them or steal them? Hmm. I don't like your attitude, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> then we failed the main task, baby. Like I know. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't think of it. I haven't thought of it. I just got to plow ahead. I don't know that we're gonna win or not. That that's up in the air. But we're definitely gonna get the key. Yeah, doesn't matter. We're pirates. We'll get what we want by hook or by crook. You know. We'll see. And then finally, Eric, what the heck other kind of mini games are we gonna play in the Bullseye games? I don't want to spoil anything, obviously, because it's exciting. Spoil but spoil the plague. The <laughs> spoil me. I had two coffees today. (laughs) This one is probably the most abstracted from what the actual game is. The precision thing of you playing celebrity for precisions. The other ones are going to have you involved because the whole thing about the team, the team performance. Mm Troy is going to do some stuff with with uh, the other characters and then. We'll uh we'll get there. We'll see what the uh we'll see what the duels are like. <laughs> so exciting. And one last spoil the plank from the question surgeon herself. Uh Julia, was that the witch talking to you? Do you want to address mm. who was talking to Cammy when you resuscitated Nani? I mean, I it's it's in the transcript that I'm literally editing right now and Eric and I talked about whether or not to include it and like, yeah, it's Baba Rutabaga. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Dat root veg. <laughs> that Love root it. veg. Yeah. I don't think it's a secret. I it was more like, hey, remember ten episodes ago? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it definitely. I wasn't trying to hide it. It was just like a voice you hadn't heard for ten episodes coming out of. There's a voice but... we heard once that was like ten episodes ago. A while ago. So. Yeah. But yeah, if yeah, you yeah, listen back, they do. They're they are good and the same. They're the same. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm sure that will come up later. <laughs> no, I'm sure that's not seeding anything particularly interesting or stressful. No, 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 no. Shout out to Mage Hand Mike and Mage Hand Press for the uh, witch class. I uh, uh, hope you're all enjoying that. That's good. Good stuff. Woo! Good stuff. All right, folks, with that, uh, you know there is some hot shit coming up the pike, coming over the horizon, perhaps, uh, in this campaign for you. Uh, Thank you, as always, for giving us your questions, your thoughts, your reactions, your fan art that has been off the chain recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have the best community in podcasting, and we are so grateful for you. Hey, I like that. Wow. Hell yeah, dude. Well, uh, until next time, everybody. Um, uh... Uh, you just say goodbye. That's all just you do. Say uh, the- right out of Frito Chip scoops. I'm going to go get some. Bye. Later. My mom won't let me come outside, so I have to stay inside. Well, you know, there's one game you could play inside. Oh, what is just that? a 20-sided die in your imagination. <laughs> is it like uh, CeeLo? <laughs> celebrity. Oh, celebrity. I can play a celebrity. May your rolls turn ever upward. Hello.
Oh, you know what? I'm going to close the, the door behind us. Because it also looks like the Babadook's going to come out. No! I don't want the Babadook to come out. I would not like that. I would love it. Neither of your names really work with Babadook that well. Shorts. Yeah, Eric got some floral, like, basketball short pattern Ooh. shorts. And they are very nice. Very um, nice. Brandon, you're a liar because the Amanda Duke works perfectly for that. Well, that's that was the best one, but I was trying to do, like... Amanda Ben to Baba Duke or something like something fun, you know? <laughs> okay, sure. sure. Well, there are some bloopers for you, Julia. Okay. A bibbity babbity Duke. Nice. That's good. That's a good thing. That's that what Eric's Brandon's name to bibbity babbity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made our wedding hashtag really hard, but you know, we we got through it. Um, I think I have one more question before we get into gaming character. Where was it? Please. Got that one. I'm a little further than I normally am from my computer. All um, good. Tell your yeah. eyes to get good. No, I, good. I would love to, Julia. <laughs> That's what your glasses are there for. Yeah, right? 